What's going on, pickleballers? Today's guest is Mike Gottfried, the CEO of Pickle. That's P-C-K-L. They have a lot of new stuff coming out, including a new paddle series as well as some apparel. Mike's going to talk about all that and more. Mike, it's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, Tyler, thank you for having me. So what is the latest with Pickle? I've, I've seen you guys everywhere coming out with constantly coming out with new stuff. What's happening? Yeah, new stuff is a big part of the of the program for us. Um, so, you know, we launched the brand in 2022, which feels like forever ago, not that long ago with the initial line of, of paddles and balls. And um, we've been kind of iterating and innovating since then. And so our latest and greatest stuff, the thing that I'm most excited, excited about is our new line of Pro Series paddles. So um, we completely redesigned and redeveloped our, our kind of pro-oriented, competitive-oriented paddles from the ground up, all the latest and greatest paddle technology. I've got one right here. This is the Pro Series 13. There's a Pro Series 16 as well. So those are two different core thicknesses. Um, raw carbon fiber surfaces, you know, edge foam injection, longer handles, different swing weights. Um, we took a long time, a long time for us to innovate on these new paddles and, and get them out to the masses uh, here in August. So that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm wearing some new hats. We've got new hats and apparel, uh, but ultimately trying to continue to make the products that people who are out there playing pickleball and avidly making pickleball a, a part of their lifestyle want to purchase and, and represent. And so between the paddles, our Elite 40 balls, which is our more sort of form, firmer, faster, competitive balls, um, better apparel, hats, shirts, and that kind of thing. And even this fall and winter, um, some new products when it comes to, you know, accessories that, that we're super excited about. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to, to get it out there all under the Pickle brand. I mean, that's awesome. You guys are just killing the game here. So could you tell viewers and listeners the difference between the 13 and the 16? Yeah, I mean, the simplest answer is that a 13 millimeter core is going to be a little bit more poppy. And that translates, I think, to power. Well, the 16 is going to play a little bit softer, which translates to more control. Um, but, you know, a thermoformed raw carbon fiber paddle is going to have plenty of power. So ultimately, it's a little bit of preference. The 13 is a little bit lighter, maybe a little more hand speed. 16 is a little bit heavier. Again, maybe a little more control on your uh, drops and your dinks and your resets. Um, I've kind of bounced back and forth between the two of them. And I today, I'm still playing with the 16, but... Um, I've had, you know, actually a couple of the pros that I've, you know, been able to kind of hit with and see their reactions to the initial sampling and gravitate towards the 13. So hopefully something for everyone. I mean, that's great. It's always good to have options. So are you more of a softer player? You like to reset the ball and dink it? Uh, where I'm at, which is like right on sort of maybe 4-0-ish, um, I got to play a control game. I can get people in trouble when I am in control of the ball and the speed of the ball. I don't have a hard time generating power. That's never what it's been about in pickleball for me. Sometimes I have a hard time, uh, you know, fighting off other folks' power. But, um, you know, for me, like a great reset, a great third shot or, or drop to kind of get the, the play back under control um, yields better results for me. So I appreciate that little bit of extra touch. Right on. And yeah. as far as the 13 and the 16, the new line, what has the feedback been so far? What are people liking about the paddle? Yeah, I mean, it's been almost universally positive, which is 
cool because again we spent a long time developing these two paddles and sampling and testing and prototyping and getting feedback from people in our community amateur players pro players and kind of everything in between um the feedback has been this is as good as anything out there i mean the the fact that you guys were able to come up with this that could immediately be taken to the ppa tour or mlp or anywhere and be you know alongside any of the best paddles out there is great oh and by the way it happens to be you know less expensive than a lot of the highest end paddles out there um was some validation for us that we did it right you know we wanted to make sure that we could hit a price point that was competitive and that was you know even less than you know a lot of sort of the top of the line stuff out there that frankly we think folks are overcharging for um with our competition and so you know being fair and honest on pricing was part of that too um but you know again the feedback's been been great um it's been you know an upgrade from what we previously had which was again part of the goal too not to say that any of our old paddles are inferior but when you get to that you know highest level of competition tournament play type of uh, equipment folks have a certain expectation and we think we, we've really nailed it based on what we're hearing back from folks awesome i mean that's great news and how did you get started on this journey was it pickleball first and that turned into pickle or how did this happen yeah um you know my story i was sort of in the agency world for brand and consumer product marketing specifically with e-commerce digital and performance marketing for a long time um, and then prior to Pickle, you know, the most recent chapter was in the esports video game accessories world. And so there's, despite being very different, there's a lot of similarities between esports and pickleball. It's, yeah, I like to say it's like the biggest thing that nobody's talking about. Um, you know, there were millions and millions, if not tens of millions of competitive Call of Duty players that we were making products for with Control Freak. Um, I was not an avid gamer, but I got to know the space and um, in pickleball, it's actually the other way around where I was playing a ton of pickleball through COVID. And so as I was looking for my next entrepreneurial sort of endeavor, I looked to my own interests and pickleball was one of them. Uh, I think I'm a better player now than I was then, but that's, you know, not really the point. The point was like, this is a fun game. It's built around community. I could see people, you know, taking this game and making it part of their lifestyle or building their lifestyle around it. Um, so that, you know, brand matters and product matters and price points matter and community matters. And these are all sort of the inputs that I wanted to put into the the company that we ultimately came up with. And so, um, you know, again, just kind of a circumstance for where I was in my career and my journey, um, being a part of a, you know, successful exit for Control Freak back in 2020 led me to, hey, what do I want to do next? Let's make it something fun. Awesome. So you started Pickle in 2022. What were some of the challenges or growing pains along the way? And how did you overcome those? Yeah, I mean, look, we're still overcoming them constantly, right? I think that's part of it is like, there's never going to be a stop to the challenges. The way that I like to look at it is like, if a challenge of six months ago seems small now, then hey, you're doing something right. Um, but there will never stop being challenges. So just, you know, kind of put that out there. You know, for us, I think there was a big, big learning curve about the endemic pickleball space. You know, it wasn't like the assumption, oh, we'll just like throw some paddles out there and we'll be super successful. But we didn't know what we didn't know as we were kind of launching the business. And so immersing ourselves in call it pickleball culture um, has exposed us to a ton of different kind of uh, angles, you know, like even from a digital perspective, right? Like I hadn't spent any time on Facebook in the last decade and mm. all of a sudden Facebook is a place where there's like very, very active pickleball communities and like needed to see it. And you know, even what you're doing, right? Like these pickle pickleball specific communities and places where people are communicating and um, you know, a lot of the information is coming from, right? Like 
those are important. Had to learn them all, had to immerse ourselves in all of them and get to know it. Um, and then, you know, on the on the other side of it, it's like the competition. I think pickleball is still very new, but there are players who have been in it from a gear perspective for a long time. Um, getting to know them, what's made them successful, what opportunities do we have to kind of, you know, do something different or, you know, take a different bent or angle to the pickleball industry was a learning opportunity for us and understanding the landscape. And um, I think, you know, the growth of the sport has created an opportunity for a ton of folks, but it's also brought in, you know, swaths of competition. There's like 700 plus paddle makers now. Um, and we're somewhere in that sea of paddle makers and, you know, hopefully closer to the top and the bottom, but it is what it is. So um you know that's been been a challenge too it's just finding our voice and finding our our um you know way to communicate with customers finding our brand in that ultra ultra competitive ultra ultra crowded space and how do you do that and what's pickles kind of brands image and how do you guys separate yourself from the other 699 700 paddle companies out there yeah, it's that's a great question. I could do an entire kind of podcast specifically about that. But you know, at the highest level, right? It's like we first spent the time to identify what we thought our identity was, and then we kind of adapt and mold it and change it a little bit from there. You know, for us, we did a lot of research about the way that people perceive a brand, and this doesn't have to be pickleball specific, but sort of you know, we call them brand archetypes, and I think that's sort of a, a marketing, you know well-known marketing kind of study of different types of brands but what kind of archetype did we want to be and who were the others in the space and ultimately you know for us the aspect of having fun and enjoying yourself while playing pickleball was kind of at the core of our brand right we were not going to be the like heavy duty R&D technology innovator inventor type um it's just not who we are. We know that, you know, at least in our experience, again, a team of primarily marketers, people do connect with brands and they connect with brand identities. And so for us, you know, vibrancy, approachability, sort of a humility about what it is that we're doing. We're not saving the world. I mean, pickleball might save the world, but you know, um, there's people out there doing more important things for like, you know, this, the fate of humanity than um, us creating, you know, new paddles and balls. But um, just having a sound understanding of who we were. Part of it is also, you know, the initiatives that we have with our give back program and our commitment to, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, hopefully um, having a, some component of our business, if not all of our stuff um, made in America or using sustainable resources when it comes to recycling, you know, plastics or pickleballs or you name it. Um, and so having some community focused angles too. Um, and so all said, right, like, you know, it's hard to stand out. It's hard to be different. We've got a real proficiency from a marketing perspective and how to get our message out there, both digitally and then in person and uh, everywhere else. And so for us, it's, you know, commitment to the brand, the vibrancy, the community, the people and the fun of pickleball, high energy community of pickleball players, as opposed to some of the other angles that competitors are taking. That's awesome. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, the, great stuff there. And what can people expect from Pickle in the future? Good question. You know, without revealing too, too much, I think the uh, the answer is we're going to keep iterating and innovating, right? Like that's the on the product side. Um, Pickleball is moving very, very fast. What is a top of the line paddle today may not have been the top of the line paddle or may have been like, you know, might have existed, but wasn't widely used before. So we're going to stay, you know, on top of the trends when it comes to materials and construction and, you know, different kind of 
components and compositions of paddles. Um, we're going to keep innovating on balls as well. Um, we see balls as a big opportunity for us to, you know, continue to put a better product out there. I think everyone knows how polarizing balls can be within pickleball, and there's problems with all of them out there, probably inclusive of ours too. So, um, you know, continuing to try to improve on the product front, bringing more, you know, added accessories to the pickleball lifestyle, right? So we can bring products that people need, whether it's a bag or a paddle cover or, you know, shoes or socks, you name it, we're going to investigate it and see if there's an opportunity to bring it to market under the pickle brand and do it, you know, as good or better than anybody else who's doing it there. Um, and then, you know, the initiatives that I talked about before, you know, we're committed to trying to continue to find ways to um, try to bring our production onshore. Um, and so there's some stuff going on in the background for us there that I'm spending a lot of time on trying to figure out if that's not only possible, but exactly how we're going to do it and where we're going to do it and uh, the economics of that. And then honestly, the sustainability front too. Um, you know, look, throwing pickleballs in the trash should not be the sort of, I don't know, the, the, the normal way that people get rid of stuff. And if we can create things like a recycling program or start to produce our products with recycled materials, hey, maybe we are starting to address the saving the world that I was talking about before. Yeah, I really like it. And especially with pickle balls. I mean, I think you're onto something there, like throwing them away just doesn't seem like the right way to go about it, at least in the future. And as far as balls go, how is the pickle ball and how does it compare to some of the other balls out there? Yeah. So look, we came out initially with our optic balls, which were um, kind of geared towards the recreational player, a little bit call it slower and bouncier um but again to the mass sort of pickleball user even a year ago and it continues to be the case today a lot of folks are not necessarily trying to find the firmest fastest ball built for tournament and competitive play um it was not a competition ball we wanted to make a competition ball and so we started to get to work on what eventually became the elite 40. Um, and the Elite 40s are, you know, they're fab fabulous. They're the official tournament ball of the uh, of Southern Pickleball, which is a big tournament organizer in the Southeastern United States, um, as well as the Amateur Pickleball Association, which is using them nationally for all of their amateur tournaments. Um, we're partnering with the Pickle Bowl, which will be prior to MLP in Atlanta, a big pro-am charity tournament that, uh, that Pickle the Elite 40 is going to be the official ball of. Um, so there's no, you know, stopping how many different organizations we can partner with we want to get this ball out there to the masses um but i think there's still room for improvement too we've seen you know as this has been an absolutely roasting hot summer in a lot of the country pickleballs start to get soft and like maybe we can find a way to address that hopefully we can do that without making a ball that cracks at you know 50 degrees in the winter too and so um from a ball composition standpoint the plastics that go into it and the production process um We've got, you know, we've got some work to do and we're excited about what we continue to, to in innovate as we bring a new ball to market, maybe uh, in the near future. And right now, does it seem like having that harder, faster ball, not necessarily in the cold, but it does seem like those balls tend to break a lot more than maybe other ones. Is that unavoidable or is that, are you able to mitigate that? Yeah, I mean, look, for us, our issue isn't breaking. Um, we've just seen it that when it's like above 85 or 90 degrees, they start to soften up a bit, especially sure. if you've got high level players just smashing it over and over and over again. Um, and they're still playable. Like I played in a tournament on Saturday, uh, you know, probably in 90 degree heat with 
you know, three fives up to four fives in a team environment, four balls per court for a 10 hour day. There weren't really issues with it. Um, but inevitably, like, you know, in that 90 degree heat, something's going to start to soften up a little bit, whether it was our balls or anybody else's for sure, that matter. Sure. Um, so breaking hasn't been an issue for us. Um, you know, I think you see out there that certain balls kind of deform differently or break differently or crack differently or go out around differently and nobody's got the perfect solution. Um, so I think that shows an opportunity that we might be able to address. Cool, awesome. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because everyone's talking about balls. So it's only a matter of time before the technology gets better in that regard. And I'd, I'd love to see some pickle balls um, from you yeah. guys. And last thing I have for you is what do people need to know about your brand or what might they not know that you feel like would be a great, great thing for them to know? Yeah, I think that, you know, this brand is backed by people, the people who care, who care about pickleball, who care about pickleball communities, who care about the growth of the game and providing better equipment, better access, better you know, price points like we talked about. I mean, this this team is pickleball obsessed. It's what we're doing every day. It's an experienced team too. And so I'm, you know, again, if you pull up the curtain, right? Like the, the folks who I get to work with every day are, are pros at what they do. And so having us apply all of that energy to the pickle brand gives us a chance to, um, you know, bring better paddles to market, bring better balls to market, achieve some of the initiatives that we talked about for, you know, production and sustainability and, and those types of things. And so, you know, when you're supporting our brand, you're supporting the people behind it and giving us a chance to continue to kind of give back to Pickleball. Um, and that's that's kind of everything what it's all about for us. So um, I think, again, there's not any secret sauce. I think it's just a collection of good, smart, hardworking and Pickleball obsessed folks who, who want to continue to make an impact on the game. I love it. I love it. And where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find us uh, at pckl.com. Uh, we're available there. We're available on Amazon. You can find us national retail at the PGA Tour Superstore uh, if you're shopping there. And then on social at pckl.ball on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. All right, Mike, that's all I got for you. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. And be sure to catch Pickle wherever they are. Thanks, Tyler.